Hello everyone. We're on lesson 196. It can be but myself I crucify. Oh, well, all that sounds pretty grim. Now for many, many centuries, people have referred to being here on the planet, so to speak, as crucifying oneself on the cross of time and space which is another way of saying, if you think you're a separate person, little bitty person living in a great big world, you absolutely will constantly hurt yourself because you've got the setup so wrong. <laughs> so here we go. When this is firmly understood that we only hurt ourselves, we only torture ourselves, and kept in full awareness, then you're going to not attempt to harm yourself nor make your body slave to vengeance. In other words, have all sorts of pain occur to and in the body. You will not attack yourself, and you will realize, finally, that to attack another is to attack yourself. You will be free of the insane belief that to attack a brother saves yourself and you will understand his safety is your own, and in his healing, you are healed. Over and over and over, we keep being told what we want for someone else we experience because that thought, that desire is in our mind. So perhaps at first you will not understand how mercy limitless and with all things held in its sure protection can possibly be found in an idea with a title like this. It may, in fact, appear to be a sign that punishment can never be escaped because the ego mind, when it feels threatened, and it is by this time, cites the truth to save its lies. In other words, it's going to misunderstand what this means. See, it says that in the next sentence. It must fail to understand the actual truth of this. But you can learn to see these foolish applications of, oh, I only hurt myself, and somehow I deserve it, and I'm wrong, and so on and so forth, and thereby deny the actual meaning. Okay, so thus, do you teach your mind that you are not an ego? In other words, by seeing this lesson, you're not a separate self. You're not just this little collection of thoughts and beliefs. For the ways in which this sense of separate self would distort the truth isn't going to deceive you like it did. You're just not going to believe you are only a body to be crucified, to be hurt, to be ignored. And if you pay attention you'll be able to see the light of resurrection in these ideas. Now, res resurrection, you remember, is coming back to life, looking past all these thoughts of crucifixion and of death, the thoughts of liberation and of life instead. So today's idea is one step. Okay, notice one step, there will be more in leading us from bondage to the state of perfect freedom. Now, see, we might not think we're in bondage, but oh, indeed we are. So let's take this step today that we can quickly go the way salvation shows us home, taking every next step in its appointed sequence as the mind relinquishes its burdens one by one. You can't know how burdened you are now until finally you aren't, and then you will not believe how hard it's been 
up to this point. So it's not time we need for this, but willingness for what could seem to take a thousand years of attack, defense, attack, defense, attack, defense, can just happen instantly by the grace of God. The dreary, hopeless thought that you can make attacks on others and escape yourself is exactly what has nailed you to the cross. In other words, that's what keeps inviting upset pain and disaster into your life. So perhaps it seemed to be salvation, like I could get rid of my guilt and foist it all on you. Yet it merely stood for the belief that the fear of God, the absence of love, is actually true and real. And what is that but hell? Who could believe that his father, his source, has split apart, is separate from him, his deadly enemy, waiting to destroy his life and blot him from the universe without the fear of hell upon his heart, without the fear of torture and of pain and of just untold distress. So this is the form of madness you believe if you accept the fearful, loveless thought that you can attack somebody or something else and just be free and just fine yourself. Until this form is changed, there is no hope. Until you see that this, at least, must be impossible, there can be no escape. The fear of God or the absence of love seems real to anyone who thinks this thought is true and practices it and lives out of it and will not perceive its foolishness or even recognize the misuse of this law so that it's even possible to question it and say, what am I doing? To question it at all, the form first has to be changed at least as much as will permit fear of retaliation to abate. That means reduced in degree and severity and so on. And the responsibility for your life returned to some extent to you. Now, nobody's going to take full responsibility right away, but we've got to start to take at least some and head in that direction. And from there, you can at least consider if you want to go along this painful path, the one that we've never examined before, where we didn't realize how much we're causing hurt to ourselves. So until this shift has been accomplished, you cannot perceive that it is only your thoughts that bring you fear, only your thoughts that crucify you, and therefore your deliverance depends upon you, your change of mind, what you decide is important. So the next steps will be easy if you take this one today, because from this one today, we go ahead quite rapidly. Because once you understand it's impossible that you can be hurt except by your own thoughts, the fear of God must disappear because love is not the problem. God is not the problem. Our thoughts are the problem. You cannot then believe that fear is caused without, in other words, something outside you. And God, love, whom you had thought to banish because you thought that was the problem, can now be welcomed back within the holy mind he never left. Salvation song, that heading toward home, can certainly be heard in the idea we practice for today. Because if it can be you, you crucify, you didn't hurt the world. 
In other words, anybody else who's hurt in the world, those folks are hurting themselves. You didn't do it. And you need not fear vengeance and pursuit. And you don't need to hide in terror from the deadly fear of God or fear of love or fear of joining that projection hides behind. The thing you dread the most is your salvation. You are strong and it's strength you want. And you are free and you're glad of freedom. You have sought to be weak and bound because you feared your strength and freedom. And yet, That's where salvation lies. Now, in this next paragraph, I have to tell you something. I was only about three months into the course, so I hadn't begun to come to this lesson yet. When I experienced what this next paragraph is about, when it uses extreme language, it means what it says. So I'm also happy to tell you, don't be afraid of this. I've been there, done that and you'll love it on the other side. So here goes, take a deep breath. There is an instant in which terror seems to grip your mind so wholly that escape appears quite hopeless. When you realize once and for all that it is you you fear, your loving nature, your strength, your joined quality, the mind perceives itself as split. And this had been concealed while you believed that attack could be directed outward and return from outside to within. So it seemed to be an enemy outside you that you had to fear. And so a God outside yourself became your mortal enemy, the source of fear. Now, for an instant, is a murderer perceived within you, eager for your death, intent on plotting punishment for you until the time when it can just kill you at last. Yet in this instant is the time as well in which salvation comes, for fear of love disappears, and you can call on him to save you from illusions by his love, finally calling him Father and yourself his Son. Pray that the instant may be soon today step back from fear, and make advance to love. There is no thought of God that does not go with you to help you reach that instant and go beyond it quickly, surely, and forever. The forever is the good part about this. When the fear of God is gone, there are no obstacles that still remain between you and the holy peace of God. How kind and merciful is the idea we practice. Give it welcome, as you should, for it is your release. It is indeed but you, that your mind, your thoughts, your desires, your focus of attention can try to crucify. Yet your redemption, too, will come to you. Now, you might ask, Why do I want this experience of a murderer within me to come soon? One would think you would be running from that. The reason is, is that it becomes very clear that up to this point, we've been saying yes to the ego, protect the ego. This is what I love more than anything else and no to love. And when you finally experience the cost of that, you go, oh, My God, save me from myself. 
please let me experience the love I am and not spend my whole life in the care and maintenance of my ego instead. In other words, it allows you to do a complete shift. But let me tell you, to read this lesson months and months after that experience was kind of jaw-dropping because this describes it exactly. So don't worry about this. Don't do what I did, which was to resist it and fight it because I had no idea what was going on. Go with it. You're safe. That, for me, was 39 and a half years ago. It happened once, never again. As it says, this is an important first step, and there will be other ones after this. So keep the idea that nothing hurts you but your own thoughts in your mind so we can go on to the next step. Have a great day. Goodbye.